What's up, world? Welcome to a new episode of the Brand Janu Show. As you already know, I am Brand Janu, and like always, podcast platforms everywhere, audio platforms everywhere, Brand Janu Show. Sometimes you might have to space it, sometimes you might have to put it together. At the end of the day, it's still Brand Janu Show on all audio and podcast platforms everywhere. So go listen. You can review on there. You can write your uh, comments, whatever, man, on the, on all of these audio platforms. Some of them you can even subscribe to the pla- to the podcast. So do it. Um, speaking of subscribing, YouTube channel, Brand Your New Show. Go there, subscribe. Uh, tonight, new episode dropping. But by the time this comes out, it's going to be like a bunch of episodes that have already dropped. So just go to Brand Your New Show on YouTube and, and listen to them. Uh, also, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Brand Your New Show. One word, simple, right to the point. Um, and I hope you guys enjoy uh, all of the episodes that are out right now, including tonight's episode, which is the debate between 2014 Forest Hills Drive and KOD. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode when it comes out tonight. Um, so, we guys enjoy it. <sighs> Let's get into it. So, today's episode is Life and Well, no, no, no. Sorry. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. Wrestling Life. Well, I said Life and Times Music, but it's Wrestling Life. I'm tripping. Sorry. Um, so, they did Life and Times Music last night. Um, that's when you've been working and you just now your mind is just going 100 miles per hour. Um, so welcome to the rest of life. Uh, so what I was about to do, I was going to do the Raw and SmackDown review show um, of last week and this week. But then I thought about it. And I'm like, this episode comes out. There's going to be like two or three Raws that have already happened. An Elimination Chamber match. Uh, Elimination Chamber is going to already have taken place. By the way, that is the next uh, rate and review. WWE's Elimination Chamber next Saturday is the pay-per-view, and I will be watching it, and of course, like always, rating, rate, and review, and it'll be out for your viewing pleasure, just like the Royal Rumble one is out right now on all podcast platforms and my YouTube channel, um, but I was going to do that, and then I realized, why do that, um, because all of this shit's going to already have happened, so let's get into it, what has really happened in wrestling, right, so Last week, Friday night, Sami Zayn, Roman Reigns, officially made that match official. Elimination Chamber, the aforementioned pay-per-view I just said, they're going to main event the uh, Elimination Chamber match. I'm the Elimination Chamber, I should say, pay-per-view, which is really good. Um, It blows off that feud. One thing about this feud that I'm starting to realize people continuously try to create in their minds because we're, well, I don't say we, some wrestling fans just think Sami Zayn should have the Daniel Bryant moment. They should give him the Daniel Bryant moment. Not realizing that WWE was in a literally fuckstorm of wrestling content. They could not figure out how to fuck to book a proper match, let alone a fucking pay-per-view angle. Daniel Bryant had got fucked over so many times by the authority up until that point. Literally up until WrestleMania. You got to realize that Royal Rumble in 2014 when Batista came back and won the fucking Royal Rumble, the man literally came back, I think, around the time the Guardians and the Galaxy started coming out. The fucking dude was an actor and he came back just to do a WrestleMania was dumb as shit. Daniel Bryan becomes the fan favorite. We literally just brought him to the top pinnacle 
He clearly beats John Cena at SummerSlam. He clearly beats him. Clean. Nobody comes in. No Nothing. He beats John Cena at SummerSlam. Then they screw him. Triple H pedigrees him. Randy Orton catches him money in a bank, takes the title. And for the next couple of months, they literally try to do everything in their power to kill this man's momentum. Everything. They give him a Hell in a Cell match with Shawn Michaels, the man that actually trained him as the special guest referee, and he screwed him out of the title. It was literally everything in their power. They tried to get fans to get the fuck off this dude, and they just would not let the fuck up. So much so that they actually put this fucking dude in a rivalry with the Wyatt family. Not just Bray, the entire fucking Wyatt family. Eric Rowan, Luke Harper, rest in peace. They literally threw this fucking dude to the wolves and literally tried their hardest. And then when they beat his ass down, he joined the Wyatt family. Yeah, he joined the Wyatt family. It was for two weeks. It was for two weeks. And then when he leaves the Wyatt family in a steel cage match against the Usos for the tag team titles, he leaves the Wyatt family in the most fucking babyface way ever, gets locked in a cage with Bray Wyatt, he's sacrificing himself to Bray Wyatt, and he pushes him off, and literally beats, commits to beating the shit out of Bray Wyatt in a steel cage. Luke Harper and, uh, Luke Harper and, and Eric Rowan are watching, and he's kicking them off the cage, they can't get in, the door's locked, it's padlocked, They're, he's beating the hell out of Bray Wyatt from, from, one side of the case to the other side. Daniel Bryan had a bigger pop than when the fucking started. The man literally, he goes into the Royal Rumble 2014, fights Bray Wyatt. I think he beat him. I can't, yeah, I think he beat him. But the fact of the matter is people thought he was going to be in a Royal Rumble match, and it never fucking happened. Now people say, WWE now has this idea in their heads that, it was Yesomania, and it was supposed to be that way and shit like that. But when you hear people literally say for years, Daniel Bryan and Batista both have said, Batista and Randy Orton are supposed to be the main event of WrestleMania. Batista was supposed to beat Randy Orton. Daniel Bryan reportedly was supposed to fight Sheamus at 2014 WrestleMania, at, the, at WrestleMania 30. They literally tried everything in their power to snowball this shit. And they literally tried everything in their power to kill that storyline. Everything. And when the fans just kept revolting, they booed the entire 2014 Raw Rumble. Dude, I literally have watched all YouTube, and I'm looking for one strain of where the Royal Rumble 2014 just went fucking haywire. It just lot of shit. Like I said on a, a previous episode, if you would have let Roman Reigns win 2014 Raw Rumble, at least you would have saved yourself at least that shit. No, you waited a year to coronate him, but then his shit was even bad. Like, it just was terrible. Why am I saying all this? Because Sami Zayn isn't Daniel Bryan. He's not. It's not the same. Daniel Bryan was going against the machine. This idea in, at the time, the creative thought of Vince McMahon was, I want a muscle-bound John Cena as person as my guy. He gotta be that guy. 
I want a Hulk Hogan John Cena guy. That has been WWE's main thought process that you got to have this top fucking guy be this fucking baby face, eat your vitamins, say your prayers fucking dude. And Daniel Bryant was not that. He came from the indies. He was a guy that was completely different than anything you've ever seen. And he was fucking red fucking hot. That is not the situation. It's not. <laughs> Daniel Bryan was fighting against the machine. He was fighting against a thought that WWE continued to push for years and years and years and years on end. And plus, you did the most deadliest sin of this era. You went and got a baby face. You got a fucking part-timer to main event a pay-per-view that is your biggest fucking pay-per-view, and you ruined it. You tried to make a Randy Orton Batista match at WrestleMania, which you could have done years ago. WrestleMania 22 would have been perfect for that shit. I think Batista was hurt at the time, but still, it would have been perfect. Shit, you could have made it at WrestleMania 23. I don't give a fuck. You could have WrestleMania 24. Like, it could have been a bunch of times when Batista was still in the company and still relevant. You could have made that match, and you wanted to do it at WrestleMania 30. It didn't make any sense. It didn't. It, it fucking didn't. The fact that Daniel Bryan had to fight Triple H on top of that just to get the match is even stupider. Not mad, though, because the opener was fire as fuck. It was a really good match. <laughs> but, but this is not that. And I think people are not understanding that. This is not that. This isn't a man going against the machine. The thought process of what a WWE superstar, WWE champion is supposed to be. This is a man going against a family particularly a head dictator of a family, Roman Reigns. But it's different fucking layers of this story that people are just not realizing. Here's my thing. Even if that is true and you think Sami Zayn should be champion, okay, he goes into WrestleMania as the champion. Okay, let's say he wins at Elimination Chamber. He goes into WrestleMania as champion. He's walking out of WrestleMania champion? Fuck no. Cody Rhodes is going to beat him. We clearly know that. That's the easiest win. Come on. Let's be real. <laughs> let's, let's be fucking real for a second. That is not happening. Sami Zayn, you want a moment, and that is okay. I love moments. That's an amazing thing about WWE. The thing about WWE is, see, WrestleMania 31 is a perfect example. Seth Rollins had his moment by holding the WWE championship at the end of WrestleMania. But the fact that the man actually put in the work after the fucking victory is where people kind of forget. That is why he's my favorite wrestler. I did not like him. <laughs> and I literally was watching at, at SummerSlam. This is where I realized, yeah, I, got, I, got, I can't hate this dude. This dude is fucking incredible. SummerSlam 2015, Brooklyn. Him, John Cena, title for title. WWE Championship versus the U.S. title, the man performs. He kills it. And I'm like, he's got it. This is the thing. I'm not saying Sami Zayn can't go. But again, we're starting to forget. When Sami Zayn was in NXT, he won the NXT title. And he literally dropped it to Kevin Owens the next time. The first time he defended his title, he fought against Kevin Owens. He lost the fucking belt. 
They do not see him as this fucking guy. I'm tired of people trying to make it seem like, well, he wasn't over like this. Like, he wasn't in NXT. No, he was over, motherfucker. He was super over in NXT. They just did not see him as the guy. So what the fuck has changed? Nothing. Triple H is at the, was at the helm in NXT when he became champion. Triple H is at the helm now. Clearly something's up. And I feel like that is the problem. Because if he, let's say he doesn't win an elimination chamber. Let's say he throw him in a, let's say he gets a match at WrestleMania. And it's for the titles. And he wins. Who's his first robbery? Cody Rhodes. Is he going to, no, he's not. This is the problem. And plus, on top of that, it's a better close out to the story and a better build out to the story if Sammy and Kevin team up and go against the Usos. It's way better. It makes way more sense. And then make and let Roman Reigns, because that is the thing about the storyline, because we forget, yes, Sammy's got his problems with Roman right now, but his problems really started with Jay. Jay did not want him in the bloodline. That would automatically get that storyline exactly what we needed. Because we finally would get the payoff of Sammy and Jay. Jay's the first person that did not like Sammy. He did not want him in the bloodline. And I feel like people are not really taking that into consideration. Oh, don't get it twisted because we saw Jay hug him and keep him alive and all that shit. But Jay is a part of the bloodline. No matter how this was going to go out. Now, me personally... I did an episode a couple a week ago. Excuse me, the episode a, couple, a week ago, and I said the best thing about the rest of this feud is that Jake can actually cause Roman Reigns the title because you would never see family coming to take your belt away, and I think he helps Cody Rhodes, and I still think he does. But the biggest payoff is to see Sammy and Jay finally fight each other because they never had a match. They never had a match. If you actually go back and look, Jay and Sammy had never. Had a match. Jay didn't like him at all. And they never had a match. Now you add Jimmy. Now you add Kevin Owens. And this would be the first time Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn probably win tag team titles together in WWE. In WWE. You gotta like that. You gotta have that happen. And this is what I think a lot of wrestling fans are fucking up on. Because we continue to think Vince is running creative. Now no matter what you believe and you feel... Sorry about that because I know this shit just came up. Uh, no matter what you believe and what you feel, Triple H has had this plan since October. All the shit we're seeing now has been booked since October. Vince don't do this shit. <laughs> Vince doesn't have this. Vince, people have literally said Vince has had waited to the day of the show to finally tell people what the fuck they're supposed to do. Even when the show is going on, he still doesn't have the card 100% set in stone. This isn't that. I think Triple H knows what the fuck he's doing. And that is why I feel like no matter what we say, what we think, I'm pretty sure Triple H has got this figured out. Can we let it play out? Can we let it play out? And I think that's the thing. I feel like at the end of the day, this is not Vince running creative. This is Triple H. And I feel like Triple H is not going to let us down. <laughs> it's not he's not going to let us down and another thing like I said booking with Vince was fucking terrible because you did not know what the fuck Vince was thinking he had his own thoughts on who the guy should be Triple H does not and I like that 
All in all, man, I can't wait to see the Elimination Chamber match between Roman and Sammy. I think it's going to be an amazing match. I think it's going to be incredible. I think I've never seen – we're never going to see a fan base. I don't think we've ever seen a fan base in modern wrestling go that fucking berserk for most of the match. Like, from bell to bell, I expect the crowd to go fucking nuts. I expect it. I'd be surprised if it doesn't. I'd be surprised because Roman's going to have his moments where he's just beating the shit out of Sammy, but it's going to be, this is going to be the WWE best thing ever they always do. The underdog has to fight from behind, and that is exactly what this match is going to be until he can't fight no more. I think this match is going to be that. I think it's going to be a hell of a match. Hell of a match. Now, something else at Elimination Chamber. Hey, if you're a wrestler fan, I think you're starting to realize this. Elimination Chamber is the first pay-per-view under Triple H that is fully a one-brand exclusive. Think about it. All the pay-per-views under Triple H have not been just one brand. SmackDown's had their matches. Raw's had their matches. Since Triple H has taken over the helm. But Elimination Chamber particularly feels like it's a Raw exclusive pay-per-view. Don't get it twisted. The only match that's SmackDown is the Roman versus Sammy match. That's it. Sammy is exclusively the SmackDown. Roman is is the overall champion. But he's really exclusively the SmackDown. The Elimination Chamber match. Both Elimination Chamber matches are for Raw titles. The U.S. and the women's. Even the mid-card matches are raw. Rhea and Finn of Judgment Day versus Edge and Beck. That's raw. If these other two matches get confirmed, then they're also raw, which is... Damage Control versus Becky Lynch, Lita, and Trish. And I hope WWE doesn't do this stupid shit. Where you give us like four different fucking indications of this match. I personally have said this numerous times. I want to see Bobby Lashley, Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Because let's be real. Why the fuck would you feed Brock Lesnar to Gun- Why would you feed Gunther to Brock Lesnar? That's so fucking stupid. I get it, you heard the pop, but I feel like Bobby Lashley, Brock Lesnar is a way better WrestleMania match right now. And you got to build Gunther. You keep, you got to continue to build this guy. And I think SummerSlam, to prove Gunther is worthy of a, of a, of a, of a main event push, SummerSlam, August 5th, Detroit, Michigan, Ford Field, Brock Lesnar, Gunther, make it fucking happen. Like, that is the match. I would fucking... I will hold off to SummerSlam because you got to continue to build Gunther as this, this dominant force. Maybe he drops the IC title at some point before then. But, yeah. Maybe WrestleMania. And then he goes to a few of whoever beats him. And then you build him up. And you get him to that, to that SummerSlam. And then Brock Lesnar comes out and says he wants to fight him or take him out of some shit. I don't know. But that is what I would do. But this is the first time that a, a pay-per-view is exclusively to one brand. 
And I know women, the women's elimination chambers got SmackDown women in it. Eh, I, I don't give a shit. But that is all Raw. And it's because Raw has always been the B show. Since I've been a kid, Raw has been the B show. I've never seen one Raw where it was just like extremely better than SmackDown in an era, like ever. When I was a kid, when they split them for the first time, I watched SmackDown. I think every kid did. Every person that like loved wrestling and was still watching wrestling in the early 2000s was watching SmackDown. They were better fucking matches. Raw had the fucking antics and they were it was lights, cameras, and action over there. Where SmackDown appealed to me. I loved the 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 uh the group of six. I love those guys. I love Eddie, Chavo, Edge, Chris Benoit, Kurt Angle, Ray Mysterio. That was my shit. I could watch them dudes fight for years. Then they had Brock Lesnar, Kurt Angle, Big Show, Undertaker came. It was just like, then they started to build John Cena, uh, Booker T. They had fucking people there, man. Back in the day when this actually made sense, the Atlanta opportunity on SmackDown, that shit actually made sense, and it actually worked. They had an incredible tag team division, man. They had an incredible tag team division. Uh, Paul London and Brian Kendrick. I remember they they were tag team champions for like, what, 189 days, some shit like that? 200-some days? Man, that was my favorite tag team as a kid. Man, that was one of my favorite tag teams. I love that tag team, man. Yeah, SmackDown had a hell of a, 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 a tag team division. Holy shit. It was a great tag team division. The mid car was great. Like, the main events were awesome. Like, it was such a different fucking time. And SmackDown's the only one that's actually clear. SmackDown's the only brand that kind of know you kind of feel like they have a direction of where WrestleMania is going to be for a lot of these guys and girls. SmackDown Women's Championship is already going to be fought for. Rhea versus Charlotte. So that's already one match done. Roman Reigns is your top champion. Well, guess what? He's already got a match for WrestleMania. Cody Rhodes. Even a mid-card. Like I just said, Gunter. Gunter could fight Drew McIntyre, Sheamus, or Brock Lesnar. We do not know. It could literally be any of those three. It only could be all three. I don't fucking know. And that's the craziest fucking thing. And to me right now, Gunter's the best of the mid-card champions. If you had to ask me, if you ask me, Austin Theory or Gunter, Gunter. Like, give me Gunter all day. Like, dude, the dude can fucking go. Like, what are you talking about? Like, that's not even a conversation. Austin Theory, he's gotten better since Vince has left. But he ain't better than no fucking Gunter. Like, I would have loved to see Survivor Series this year if Theory was champion and Gunter was champion and let the motherfuckers fight. I would have loved to see that shit because Gunter would have chopped Theory's fucking chest off. Like, he he probably would have beat the shit out of that dude. But... SmackDown's always had the best mid cards. Even when I was a kid, they had the best mid cards. The U.S. title, when they brought back the U.S. championship, and they had a tournament to decide who was the first U.S. champion, that shit used to be great. When John Cena became U.S. champion, who he elevated in that situation, uh, Rene Dupree, Carlito, Booger T, Chris Benoit, Eddie, like, it was such a great fucking mid card, man, when I was a kid. 
even now, even when, like, the 2015, when they went back into the brand split, AJ Styles, Kevin Owens fighting over the U.S. championship. Like, all that shit was great, man. And then when they finally got the, the Intercontinental title on SmackDown, AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan fighting over the Intercontinental title. Like, it's always been great. SmackDown's always been great. So to see Elimination Chamber just be a Raw exclusive pay-per-view, it kind of makes fucking sense because Raw's the one thing that's kind of choppy. You don't know who the fuck is fighting who. There, also, there you can literally win a U.S. championship. And I can tell you right now, I don't know who the fuck fights him at WrestleMania. Me, personally, I think somebody that is fighting anybody that's not on the main roster should not be fighting somebody. If Austin Theory is to drop, if you're, especially if you're a champion, if you have the title, that title should be seen in a different fucking light. You shouldn't have to do all the gimmicky ass shit to get that person over. The rumor is that Austin Theory is going to fight John Cena. But the thing is, he's going to keep the U.S. title and he's going to do an open challenge, which is stupid because an open challenge, I expect somebody to actually win. I expect the. I don't know challenger to kind of come out of nowhere and beat you, especially if it's John fucking Cena. If that is the case, how about Theory just drops the fucking title and go into WrestleMania and just challenge John Cena to a match? It's way smarter, way better. And I think that, and to me personally, if you're going into WrestleMania with the U.S. champion, a new U.S. champion, Johnny Gargano will fit perfectly. Like, and I think that too. If you're going to keep Austin Theory with the title, I don't need John Cena. I feel like Austin Theory should fight Johnny Gargano. Because that's a feud that y'all never really paid off. You started it when Johnny came back to WWE, and you never really paid it off. Theory's got the title. Johnny Gargano's first WrestleMania. Hey, look at that. Go for a match. And that shit would actually be great. We clearly know they have history from NXT. And you, you started it. Earlier this year when he came back. How about you pay it the fuck off at WrestleMania. And stop trying to go get John Cena. Like. Leave John Cena on a movie set. The man is done with WWE. Let that man do his shit. Make new fucking John Cena's. And that's the fucking problem. You keep going get these fucking dudes. These fucking part-timers. That I don't want to see win titles. Because if they win a title. I know damn well. They're not going to be there to defend it. And even if the dude beats him. It's better to beat you without the title than to beat you with the title online because I know you're not gonna win. I don't wanna I don't wanna miss that. It's like it's stupid. You're gonna get a part time and I have a championship that we know damn well they're not gonna keep. It's stupid. Why not just keep if you're gonna keep with Austin there with the title, have him fight Johnny Gargano. Have him fight Johnny Gargano, man. Or Bronson Reed. All my task for a Damian Priest. Hell, make it a fatal five way. I don't give a shit. I don't care. But just make it something. Um, the Raw Women's Championship Elimination Champion uh, Elimination Chamber. It literally feels like now it's literally between two people. It's it's Oscar and it's Raquel Rodriguez. There's nobody else in this fucking Elimination Chamber match that you're a real. Maybe Liv Morgan. Maybe Liv. But you're not going to feed Liv to Bianca Belair. That shit sounds stupid as fuck. <laughs> it sounds so stupid. The best thing they could do is have the Elimination Chamber be Oscar and Raquel Rodriguez, the last two women standing. 
and let them fight for like a good 10, 15, 20 minutes and just beat the shit out of them, beat the shit out of each other. Because we all know Natalia's not winning it. Carmelo's not winning it. Nikki Cross is not winning it. That's three people right there. We can automatically get the fuck out of the situation. Live to a further further extent, I don't think she's going to win because, like I said, you're going to feed her to Bianca. That's stupid. Oscar and Raquel, because they're trying to continue to give Raquel Rodriguez this hero's journey shit. But Oscar right now is just a dangerous fucking person. And I think, like I said last time, excuse me, I think Oscar versus Bianca is a way better payoff to a rivalry that we've never seen. Because they were tag teams, but they never really had a proper rivalry. Becky was always in the middle. So it never was a proper fucking rivalry. So I think this Oscar versus Bianca, It'd be a great match, and I think we should see it. Um, Edge, Beth versus Finn and Rhea. I think if you're going, if Judgment Day is going to lose, Edge, if Finn's got to take the take the loss. Finn's got to take the pin. He's got to take the loss. Um, yeah, Finn's got to take the loss. But if Judgment Day wins, then Rhea's got to pin Beth. It's got to go down that way. She's the one going into WrestleMania with the title match. She's the one that's going into WrestleMania trying to redeem herself. So if she beats Beth, she pins her. You just pin the Hall of Famer. That goes a long fucking way. Um, yeah. A lot of this shit is kind of interesting. Um, getting back to SmackDown, though, and the most intriguing storyline is that the bloodline is also... Um, but the Usos are defending their tag team titles this week, uh, this Friday, uh, against Brian Strowman and Ricochet. This is kind of interesting, and I was thinking about this. This, there's three ways this match can go down, which is going to be really interesting because it tells the story of what I think it should be. The first option is Jay shows up to the arena, the same time the Bloodline does, but he doesn't really talk to Roman Reigns. They don't really have a conversation. He tells him, look, man, I'm just here for my brother to defend my titles that I won. That's it. Nothing really is done. Roman kind of is like, yo, if you don't talk to me, then you can't defend the titles, which is kind of stupid if he does. But, you know, I think the second option is uh, Jimmy goes out there and there's a handicap match at first, and then Jay pops up, helps him keep the titles. They retain. But nothing really happens. They just go to, they just in a show. Or the third option is Jay don't show up at all. Jimmy has to fight with Solo because they did this just recently at WrestleMania, uh, Raw 30. So why would you not do it for this? Solo teams up with Jimmy. They go into the match, but they lose the tag team titles. Which creates a chip in the fucking bloodline's armor, especially at WrestleMania time. You lose? How the fuck do you lose? And that is something that will create automatically Roman just getting irritated because the bloodline don't lose, especially titles. And now, not only did Jay not show up, he caused his family. Gold. Tag team gold. And if that is the case, and if that is how this shit plays out, it benefits everybody. <laughs> it benefits the SmackDown tag team titles because 
You didn't beat the Usos. You beat Jimmy and you beat Solo, which, again, you don't have to pin Solo. He can stay undefeated. But if you beat Jimmy, it shows you that he's not a whole without his other brother, without his twin. He's not a whole. He's with his brother, but he's not with his twin. He's not with the guy he's really created tag team chemistry with for all their lives. If he beats and if you pin Jimmy, that creates the thought process in Roman's head is like, you're weaker than your brother. I might need your brother way more than I need you. Which creates a new element of why Jimmy is going to go with his brother and he's going to side with his brother in certain situations going forward. Plus, it will give Brian Strowman and Ricochet, the Brawling Brutes, the Viking Raiders, uh, and also it's a fucking other tag team on that fucking SmackDown team. Somebody else on SmackDown. Brawling Brutes, Viking Raiders, uh, yeah, uh, LaFasmo, y'all know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it gives the SmackDown tag team division another reason to 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 have you know a match at WrestleMania again that is the one thing like do you want to have another tag team title match because the tag team title match is already set in stone we already know the Usos is going to fight Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn does it have to be for both titles does it have to be for both titles because that would easily help Raw if you gave them just the Raw tag team titles that would easily help Raw that would help Raw out. Because then the Usos could go on Raw and fight them more on Raw. If they were to win. Which I don't think they're going to win. But I'm not saying whoever wins the, talk, the SmackDown Tag Team titles, they got to stay on SmackDown. Because they could literally do a draft the next week and swap the titles. And Kevin on the same thing, go on SmackDown. And now whoever was the SmackDown Tag Team title champions, they go on Raw. Which they've done that before. So... I, I think that all in all, man, this is this is where it is interesting, man. These next couple of weeks are going to be very fucking interesting. Very fucking interesting. I'll tell you why. Because WWE is in a very interesting situation. Getting into also, before I get off this, Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes and, uh, and Paul Heyman promo Monday night was possibly the best thing that could have happened. For one, that storyline, and two, to get fans out this thought process that Sammy should be in the main event of WrestleMania. I love the fact that Cody Rhodes actually acknowledged the fact that Sammy does have a match. Sammy has been the fucking red hot babyface. I do not know. I do not act like I don't see that. I love that shit. I think it was the best thing they could have done. Paul Heyman coming out in in one hundred percent. Realizing what we all know, Cody is the fucking WrestleMania winner. He is the main event of WrestleMania. Get over it. He's going to fight for the titles, regardless of what you see or what you think. He's fighting for the titles. I love the fact that they let Paul do this. I'm happy. Paul is one of the rare, Paul him is one of the rare few people in wrestling that hasn't burned all the bridges that he has in life. <laughs> Hulk Hogan has burned some bridges. Kevin Nash. A lot of guys have burned bridges. Paul Heyman is literally the wise man. He is literally the fucking wise man. This man has seen 
wrestling on top of wrestling on top of wrestling on top of fucking wrestling. More than I've ever seen or experienced in my motherfucking life. He has lived it. He created ECW. He was the Undertaker's manager in what WCW. He was around Stone Cold in WCW. He knew these dudes were going to be superstars. He helped Chris Jericho get to WCW because he knew he was good at what he was doing. This man is the GOAT. Get it out of your head. He can tell a fucking story. He can fucking sell a match. Fuck can he sell a match. This man he can sell a fucking match, man. It's ridiculous. He's been selling matches since his fucking child, since ECW days, since I was a kid. This nigga sold me on pay-per-views when I was a kid. I've said this numerous times. When I was young and I see ECW on TV and the pay-per-view be coming to town or some shit and they have the blood coming down, dripping down, and it be black and white and you just see it and it's like, what the fuck is this? He sells that shit by the fucking package. It's fucking incredible. Get into it now. He comes out and they do this promo. And it's pretty much Cody Rhodes thanking him for pretty much giving his dad his confidence back and helping his family through hard times when nobody knew how bad it was. You can see it in Paul's face. Like, Damn, I gotta, now I gotta like, I gotta be the asshole. I gotta be the asshole hill. But you can tell he felt that shit. And he starts talking to Cody and telling him all the things about his dad that he loved. And he says, you know, man, but this isn't about your dad. To be honest with you, man, this isn't even about me. This is about you. Showing us and pretty much saying, you need to stop relying on your dad's legacy and create your own. And, man, that was good. That shit was good. And, you know, they get further to the promo. And he tells Cody, um, my last conversation with your father, he told me uh, that you was his favorite son. But he also told me that he always wanted a son like Roman Reigns. And you could tell by Cody, it's just like, really, motherfucker? That's how you want to play this? And he walks up to Paul Heyman, and he looks at him, and he tells him, see, I just wanted to take the titles. I just wanted to win to 100% solidify my family's legacy. But now, but everybody want to make it personal. Why everybody wants to make this personal? Now, you won't pay for this, but your boy will. Roman Reigns. Now I'm gonna make I'm gonna take his titles personally. This is how you sell a fucking man event. The biggest concern for WWE isn't Elimination Chamber. It's how the fuck do you get Roman Reigns from what we're seeing with him and Sammy to elevate him back into a mindset of that shit's done. Your family's going to handle that. You, Cody, that's the new shit. How do you do that? Even on Friday night, 
Roman comes out and says, I want to talk about Cody, but it seems like everybody wants to talk about Sammy. Okay, let's talk about Sammy. The fact that Paul Hammond, which is going to be very fucking instrumental, before, after, before the Elimination Chamber and after the Elimination Chamber, is Paul Hammond. He's the one thing, again, that links this shit. He links the Rose family. He links the bloodline. He links this. Which kind of got me thinking. Wouldn't it be fucking awesome to see Cody Rose team up with Paul Heyman? Paul Heyman's had some moments recently with Roman. That I could see him maybe... I'm not saying like Survivor Series 2002 where like Paul Heyman just left Brock Lesnar for Big Show. No, 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 no. But if Paul Heyman was to turn on Roman Reigns, he's not turning on somebody. And here's the thing. If you turn on Roman, because we all know Roman's going to take a break after WrestleMania, but you go team over Cody. It also restarts the bloodline because they don't have no wise man. The wise man is gone. The tribal chief is gone, which now creates this energy of somebody got to lead this fucking team. Somebody got to lead us, which makes Jimmy and Jay is solo now become more relevant and more relying on each other other than just the tribal chief, just the wise man. What if Cody and Paul Heyman team up at WrestleMania 39? What if Paul Heyman is the one that causes Roman Reigns to tie? I'm just saying. It'd be really dope to see it. Um, but, man, this rivalry, man, I, I can't wait to see the end of Elimination Chamber. Because Elimination Chamber's ending is going to definitely lead into what WrestleMania 39 is. No matter how much they build it up, Cody Roman, they have to end the Elimination Chamber with the 100% decisive Roman's done with Sammy shit. They have to. If they do not get this shit paid off the right way, that shit's going to linger into WrestleMania 39 and it's going to fuck up the booking. They have to do this the right fucking way. Excuse me. And how do you do it? I don't know how you're going to get this done. Because Jay's had real DUI situations here in the United States. But if you could find a way, which is kind of interesting. Because they say they're trying to get a 24-hour um, kind of like grievance. So he could come to Canada, do what he needs to do, and then leave. If they could get that done, that's the payoff. That's, there it is. You don't have to touch nothing else. There it is. But if somehow else the way this doesn't happen that way, WWE's in for a, a massive fuck up. Except if you didn't, if that doesn't work, literally the next night you can have Sammy Roman again. And because I'm, I'm assuming he's gonna still be in Canada or somewhere near it. And then Jay calls Sammy the titles. Something's gotta happen because you cannot keep having this happen because it fucks up the booking. But until then, this has been the Brand New Show, Wrestling Life. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode when it comes out. Uh, like I said, Elimination Chamber Rate and Review Show is coming soon. 
Stay tuned for that. Till then, I'm Brandon Janu. Peace.